Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Tables with your host, Rob Bradley. And my co-hosts, James and JC. Happy 4th of July, JC. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We're uh, You don't have to congratulate us or anything. We're a little embarrassed about the victory still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I, I don't know how that happened, really, how you guys actually managed to get your freedom. But uh, yeah. really, I mean, like, let's let's not let's give credit where credit is due is really the French. And you guys had a feud with them for, you know, a few centuries before we did. So, you know, have, have kind of like kind <laughs> of still do, I think, in a certain way. You know, the French. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the fireworks have already started. We had a bunch last night and then they very suddenly got silenced. So we think the, the cops in my area probably showed up and we we're like, all right, it's not the fourth yet. Save it for Wednesday or whenever it is, Tuesday. Oh, man. <laughs> See, I'm not even keeping track. Oh, wow. How are you doing, James? You well? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Busy, busy weekend. So, yeah. yeah. What'd you get up to? A, a bit of gym time uh, with, oh, with nice. Jade. As, <laughs> as gym she's time, encouraged. Eh? Yeah, well, I needed to go back. It's been a while. I had a, an operation earlier in the year, and I've really been dragging my feet on mm. going back. So, mm. yeah, with with some help, um, yeah, oh, I've, I've managed to managed to go back. And yeah, I know I I I enjoyed it. It's it was nice to do, and it was nice to have someone there who was encouraging. There you go. <laughs> was it leg day? Was it arm day? Was a leg day? Yeah, um, so horrible. A leg day on a weekend. Oh man, you must be brave. Can you can you walk today? Not really, no. But luckily, I'm working from home, so I've managed to crawl my way to the, to the desk chair to do this. Well, listen. Thank you for breaking the stereotypes of D and D players not working out. So we'll take yeah, it. Exactly. We'll take it. We're slowly getting there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just us three today. We're going to be chatting about players and optimizing themselves rather than their characters. Mm. This was actually prompted to us on our Discord by one of our um by one of our active players who uh, made the suggestion and shared with us a really interesting video um the video of which i'll include in the description below before we get into all of that those of you who've never listened to our podcast before welcome world Dark is a community of role players and professional game masters offering paid games of dungeons and dragons and other popular role-playing games each of our roll dark game masters hails from a professional acting background making games with roll dark a totally immersive experience we have over 30 professional game masters covering the uk and one in the us JC. Hello, hello. <laughs> With over 150 players and 350 plus Discord members. Currently, there are 20 active online games per week, some of which are seeking new players. We also provide private hire games for various occasions, including corporate team building. We welcome everyone to join our Discord server, regardless of their Roll Dark game participation status. We have a Patreon available for exclusive perks that will get you monthly dice sets and discounts to our regular in-person events, including the GM Academy end of this month in Oxford University and the next Roll Dark Fest this November being held at Basketball Hall in Herefordshire. Links for everything I've just mentioned can be found in the descriptions below. Any RPG news, James? So much, so much RPG Ooh. news uh, this week. Um, <laughs> mostly, Great. mostly coming, mostly coming in the form of uh, Baldur's Gate three video Ooh, game news, yeah. as Great. they have released probably I think the biggest update so far as they lead into the game because the release date has been pulled forward now from the end of August to the start of August. I think the sixth. Right, just when I spent all my holiday money. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I feel like when when that broke. I was like, 
That's BS. No way. I've never heard of a company pushing up a release date. It's always these days that the game gets delayed. Oh, it's pushed back two weeks. Oh, it's pushed back two months. You've never heard of something getting moved up. And I was like, it's too good to be true. But apparently it is. Well, there is some balance. Uh, The Uh, PlayStation uh, version has been pushed back a week. Uh, from the original date. Are you a PlayStation gamer, James? Uh, unfortunately, I am. So, which means I've got to wait uh, another week to to play oh, it because my computer is not so very good. Or you could just buy yourself a gaming PC, just bite the bullet. I I could, I could, <laughs> and then yeah. I will. Hey, uh, hey, boss, <laughs> is this an option that we can uh, start getting from you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all GMs at Roller get free gaming PCs. You said it. We recorded it. Watch this be edited out so far. <laughs> so <laughs> fast, be so quickly. Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, no, unfortunately, uh, that means I've got to wait a little bit longer to to get playing it. But um, I, it was a frame rate. I'm not issue. I think they said that they were struggling to get it to 60 frames per second, and they could have mm. released it at 30 on the PlayStation. But they were right. like, we don't want to do that. It will only take an extra week. To, we'll we'll get it. We've we'll we've waited right this frame. long. What's another couple of weeks at this point, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, right. I I sort of agree. It's sort of gutting that at the same time that gets pushed back a week, the PC versions. But I'm trying not to get pulled about the whole That's thing. True. <laughs> like yeah, okay. Other other people can have nice things. That doesn't have to be terrible for everyone all the time. <laughs> yeah. You just want to make sure you're not friends with anybody that plays the game on the PC and completes it before you even get a chance to play it yourself on the PlayStation, right? Because otherwise, they'll well, just there be is like, that. Yeah. 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 Definitely. We, Although, we definitely won't be talking about it in early August. No way. No way <laughs> if you can see the look that James just gave us just now. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. People have played the first, totally like, have a 75 hours of it or whatever. Yeah, the first time that right. you can play already. So, you know, how many people are doing that in a month? Uh, you know, only super nerds. And we don't know any of those. Yeah. So it should be fine. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Who? Super parents, yeah, right? I don't, I don't have. Unfortunately, I don't have any time to take off either when it does release, so I can't. I've no oh, holiday no. left. <laughs> I used to all up yeah. on that Australia trip we discussed in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have released a bunch of new information uh, about the classes, races, spells uh, they're adding to the game, and they've also um, have informed people that they've upped the uh, the top top limit of level that you can reach so they were planning on it being 10 uh it's now going to be 12 so you get access to some of those higher level spells oh yeah Um, maybe i'm so excited for that do you get the wish spell in there because that'd be no (laughs) (laughs) no it's a a computer game i wish um... can i get to the end of this game I wish I had an army of forty owl bears. Nope. Yeah, I suppose if I suppose if you got like AI in there somehow, they could like maybe produce you know something based on. Our I have boss. a feeling. I have a feeling. Uh, the wish spell would just be that it will bring up like the console command. That's all it'll yeah. do. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can start adding any asset to any scene you want. So they so they have just announced that Dragonborn uh, will be in the base game uh, as a starting. Starting race, so they've uh, oh that, God, that's yes. decent breath weapon to begin with. That's cool, yes. Yeah, and all yeah. I think there's eight eight subclasses for them, so I think the four chromatic, four uh, metallic dragon. Oh, sub races, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, wow. rock Great. on. 
despite being the newest, they're also going to have the most sub sub races of all the current races in there. Although you know, someone will start complaining because you know because they're only having four subclasses, and someone's going to be like, "Well, I wanted to be the White Dragonborn, but they didn't put that subclass in here." Well, you can be the White Dragonborn. So ah, you're all okay, good. Wait, wait, so which one? <laughs> which one was left? Which ones out, are, do you, know? you want to know which ones yeah. are in there? Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, we've yeah, got we've got chromatic. black, blue, it's copper, gold, green, red, brass, bronze, silver, white. Are all in there. Oh, so it is all. Oh, in sorry, there. it's ten. It's ten, not eight. Sorry, yeah, that's, it is uh, ten. So that's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, traditionally everything. No gem dragonborns, though, James. <laughs> I can't, can't be the mind flare dragon. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> somewhat sad about that, but no. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So other, but other than that, they've also um, added half orcs into the game, so they're finally there. Um, right. Which I think everyone expected to to be yeah. there from the start yeah. anyway. Uh, so pretty, exciting though. Pretty basic. So a, a weird sub race to the game that no one really saw coming, which is the Dwergar, the the dark dwarves. Very yeah, cool. It's weird because it says it's the, the subterranean cousin to the dwarves, but I'm sure all dwarves are subterranean. All, yeah. <laughs> most, most dwarves are typically subterranean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not necessarily in, in Forgotten Realms lore, but mm. yeah, they're they're... They're more than that, for sure. It's, so these these dwarves live deeper underground than regular dwarves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there are canonically, at least I know in the Forgotten true, Realms, yeah. canonically there are different levels to the Underdark. So there's what they mm. call the Upper Dark, the, I think it's the Mid Dark, and then the Lower Dark. And you really typically only encounter Dwergar and Mind Flayers in between like Mid and Lower Dark. Mm -hmm. That's, okay, that's it. That's my, my nerdy knowledge for, for now. No, no, we're here for the nerdy knowledge, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Monk class, finally confirmed people oh, excited about this God, yes <laughs> yeah brilliant how exciting well, that's... is that i was a monk that's my character this roldark fane was a monk yeah that's so, so i named yeah. roldark after was my character that died he, di he died by fi fighting a great big legendary black dragon but, wonderful uh, that's the ultimate <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate uh way to commemorate a fallen character i'm gonna start a company all right roldark fane surname. Do you want to um, do you want to hear, do you want to hear, do you want to hear Grodok Fane's voice? Do you want to hear his voice? Oh yeah. What did he sound so, like? So I used to have my friends in stitches every time I used to do this because I used to be because I used to be like, okay, okay. You get to Rodok's turn to, to go and you'd be like, hi guys, yeah, let's oh, go no. to the party now. Oh, yeah. Hey, who? Hi, yeah. Hey, get out of my way. I had like I had like a list of sound bites I had written on the back of my character sheet just things that he would That's always brilliant. say like hey yeah how's it going <laughs> get out of my way guys um, role play advice from, from yeah. Dark. <laughs> I know, I know. Have the sound bites in the back of your character sheet. That's about, is... that's like a weird combo between Christopher Walken, Al Pacino, and Sasha Baron Cohen's character <laughs> yeah. from Borat. Yeah, yeah. I could have like spliced, spliced them into this, this crazy mental monk. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I, I also... Uh, I've played a monk before. Um, mine, oh gosh, I think I called her. Uh, I forget exactly what I what I named her because I didn't play her for very long. I only played her in a few one shots. But she was a goblin who had a pirate background, um, and so she insisted that everybody called her Admiral because she always wanted to be the Admiral. But I ended up making her sound a bit Harley Quinn esque, so she would always cool. go around being like. You know, the my my phrase, my sort of little 
written note on the back of my character sheet to sort of get me into the voice was Mr. J. Um, and so all the time she'd be like, oh, my God, are we going up against that huge, scary dragon? Yeah. Um, so, I could so do so it sexy, a lot Jason. better when it wasn't. Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, the artwork was apparently voted the sexiest character artwork. Yeah. For a goblin. That's- <laughs> Goblins can be sexy. They can, of course. Anything, anything can if you try hard enough. <laughs> I can think of at least one person who's very glad that I don't think that, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but my my uh, my longtime partner um played a monk for our Curse of Strahd campaign, and I I agree with you, James, to the degree that mechanically there were classes that could do it better, and she was really inspired by the way of the four elements monk and or, or rather by the avatar series um yeah. the last airbender and thus really wanted to play a way of the four elements but that class at the time especially was not very good at all and it was just way too resource heavy everything cost key so i looked up a couple of homebrew things online and i did a little bit of my own home brewing and we got it to a decent place so i i feel like if you want to play monk at least that subclass, yeah, it does need a little bit of love from your DM. But now with something that they released in Tasha's, it's a little bit better because now um, I think they said something along the lines of if you're casting a spell, uh, you get some key back or something like that. Um, some, some feature in Tasha's updated the monk and it was made it slightly more feasible. Yeah, I, I definitely always found that to be really restrictive. Because yeah. I literally, I literally do all my all my key stuff, like almost everything. You you always spend it, and then literally you'd be like, right, when's the long rest? Yeah, and exactly. Have a long rest, right. and it's like, yeah. well, it's you can't have a long rest. It's it's yeah. it's eight. It's eight a.m. We really just had breakfast. Like aesthetically, it's not my thing, but I can yeah. totally yeah. see why people enjoy playing as monks. But then the mechanic side of it means that I don't want to try it uh, mm. and play and like and play as one and it's been where i've had players in games who've played as monks rogues are still out dexing them with some stuff doing more damage and, and stuff yeah. like that so they sort of can end up feeling unless they're really invested and about the flavor and they're sort of happy with just doing what they can uh, and not excelling in any one thing and just sort of enjoying being in that in that character then it can be hard for them to sort of really like have as much fun as some of the other players might be i i was gonna say i'm of the opinion that um they i've seen monks turn the tide of battle between stunning strike you know they shut down one major minion or a boss or something like that for a round even one round makes a huge difference or was burned through legendary resistances almost in the first a couple of rounds right like oh yeah i'm gonna hit them with a uh, flurry of blows and i've got bless from our local you know cleric or paladin whoever's casting it and i'm going to go ham and try and proc as many of those legendary resistances and get them out of the way so that our other players can get their spells off and do whatever um so yeah i I feel like they're still versatile enough and they've got a lot of those fun things where you know suddenly at ninth level you can run across water and up walls yeah i love i love that the slow the slow fall thing i do like yeah also also catching arrows and then throwing them back that feature there's a there's um a really good nugget of philosophy as a dm that i really want to latch on to more often in my games which is shoot your monk 
And that's sort of um, a representational philosophy of the fact that, yes, monks have a specifically built-in feature to catch missiles. What, what is it called? I forget. It's called deflect missiles uh, or something deflect, like that? Deflect missiles, yeah. Deflect missiles. Deflect yeah. missiles. Um, so they can catch arrows. They can catch uh, small ammunitions and, and, and sometimes reduce the damage to zero. But players feel awesome when they get to use the features that they have on their sheet, right? Especially in specific scenarios. So the philosophy of shoot your monk is make make your players feel awesome by letting them get to use yeah. all of the cool things that they can do on their character sheet, right? Yeah, totally. Give them the wall run or the, the run across water for um, a barbarian do let them get into melee range and let them get hit by bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, which they're going to resist because they're like, ha, 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 I'm only taking half. Yes, it is kind of frustrating for you. And yeah, you can, DMs that are creative can definitely find ways around doing that, you know, or, or getting yeah. around those resistances. But at the end of the day, it's what makes them feel awesome. It's what makes your character feel cool. So absolutely, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting you should say that, JC, because um, that's actually what made me kind of go towards professional dungeon mastering. Was because whenever I'd be playing in games with dungeon masters that had just set up, you know, like a local club or whatever, and you'd go there and there'd be a DM. That DM would still feel like they were a player, even mm. though they'd be in the DM. They would still feel like they were playing the game. So that like sure. they, so they would throw like hordes of monsters at you in the hope that they would kill you, you know, right. like in the hope that they get something from it, rather than yeah. actually, yeah, rather than actually being, the, yeah, rather than actually being the yeah. storyteller, giving the players the agency and having that experience, which I think is the difference. One of the main differences, definitely, between a professional game and a non-professional game, is you have that. Although obviously there will be DMs out there that that do play like that, it's. Mm -hmm. It's very rare you'll find a, a professional DM that will want to just kill you. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. No, ultimately, like we're trying to service a story. And yeah, if totally. it's in service of the story for, you know, the players to feel threatened or like their lives are in danger or they're coming up against something that's just too much because of their actions and they have to suffer consequences, then yeah, let, you know, let that happen. Um, yep. But if it's a TPK, every opportunity they get then that's not servicing any kind of story right that's just you wanting to win in this sort of yeah very player versus player mentality and a Basically, sort of old yeah. school also way of playing dnd &D, i think that's being phased out but there are some people yeah. that like that you know some players that are like yeah let's go i'll fight my dm i believe so, they, they yeah. also call it being a dick I think as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, Being a the, dick. yeah. The BAD rule, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so James, what um what is your thing then? Because obviously if monks aren't your sort of characters, what would be your go-to? Mm. So let's let's uh, imagine let's imagine let's imagine Baldur's Gate 3 has just started up on your PlayStation, right? We're now what? Yeah. A month a month and a week's time from now. Here it is. You're like, ah, oh, Wait, what race are you going to pick? What class are you going to pick? Uh, probably, hmm? uh, it's probably going to be a Dragonborn Paladin if I'm totally Ooh. honest. Okay. I like wishes. A lawful nice. good action, eh? At least in the high fantasy world, are Yeah, well, we've, uh, we've we've talked briefly last week about Mass Effect, and I'll play through that game, and I'll try to make some, like, renegade or evil choices, and then I'll just feel bad about yeah. the, the imaginary people that I'm, I'm causing to be upset, <laughs> and I can't do it. <laughs> I try, and I reporter. just... You always yeah. punch the reporter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
They deserve it. That's fine. Yeah, but you apologize later. Like it all, mm-hmm. it all smooths over at the end. But you do, you do punch the reporter. No, yeah, that's, that's fine. Don't, I don't, yeah. I don't endorse that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Dragonborn Paladin for you. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, follower. I was going to ask, what subclass of paladin? Oh, well, you've 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 you brought that up, and actually, um, there have been some from yeah, perfect segue back into the Baldur's Gate news because they've announced all the launch classes as well, uh, including a load of new ones. Uh, so the, we'll start with the paladin one, shall we? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think I'd probably go with uh, probably devotion. I think is mm, uh, good, as good a paladin class. class. Uh, so, but that is one of the paladin classes that you can choose. So we've got ancients, devotion, uh, oathbreaker, and then one they've just announced is the vengeance one because obviously you've got to have your vengeance paladins in there. Yeah, mm. everyone loves wow loves oathbreaker. That, that yeah. I'm surprised about. I think I remember when they had said that they were going to do that, and I was like, "That's that's commitment. That's intense." That's cool. Yeah. Very so cool, if you do though. want to play an evil an evil paladin, yeah. Straight in there. Yeah. So why why devotion, James? Why did you why did you pick that? Uh, I think I like some of the um, spell abilities it has, and I like the the flavor of the class really. Like, yeah. as opposed to the vengeance one, who's all about spiting. I think it's a bit more paladin esque. More pal, yeah. I think more stereotypical goody two shoes class. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, like shield your allies and things like that. Get in the way. Yeah. I, don't they have that? Re- uh, is it a reaction that when? You're adjacent to an ally and they get hit and you have a shield, you can impose and give them disadvantage. Yeah. I think that's a devotion paladin thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you're um, right. Yeah, very paladin esque. Like what's it. the um, what's the process then for making your character in, in Baldur's Gate for you? I've I've honestly not looked at it yet, so I I have no idea. Is it, it would it be the same as like how you would make a character in say D D Beyond? Do you use like standard array or anything like that? Or? Uh I th- yeah, I think it is. And it does I'm not sure if it does end up being standard array or if you can roll. I I've because I don't have a PC, I've not had the opportunity to do it. Mm. Um but yes, uh, there was I did it for the early access. I'm talking literal years ago, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um I believe the stats were preset for you rather than you rolling. Um, but it's it's like it would be more comparable to a video game, kind of like um, you know any RPG these days, where you design your character, you work on their facial features, their body type, etc. Then you pick which uh, attributes to apply their bonuses to, or maybe you did have like maybe it was point by. I'm not like I said, I don't fully remember because it was so long ago, and we'll see when it comes out shortly. <laughs> um, but then you also pick your starting class and if it's applicable, your subclass uh, when you when you're making your characters. It's all in character yeah. creation before the um, before you get control of the character. But interestingly, here's the part I really found cool. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with that epic cinematic. Um, that starts off the game with the mind flare in the nautiloid pulling a tadpole out yeah, of so the thing minor spoilers for the literal first minutes of the game mm-hmm. um they pull a tadpole out of the pool and then they like go up to the camera and insert it um that's actually you as your player character and when that tadpole goes in there there's a bit in that in that um cutscene that you won't see unless you play the game where it's you hear this echoing sort of hollowy voice. Ooh, I have a I have a thing I can actually do for that. It sort of sounds like uh, like this. Um, ooh, yes, interesting. You are what exactly? Tell me more about yourself. 
or something to Amazing. that degree, right? Amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when you design your character. Uh, I'm using voice mod, which is a, a subscription voice changer because it's awesome. And I use it that's for my cool. online games. It's, it's <laughs> nice. Yeah, it does. It does. I would say it does 50% of the work for cool effects, right? Like I can still... I can still affect my voice in certain ways and, and do whatever I need to do, but I can't make it echo naturally. I'm yeah. not that good of a ventriloquist. <laughs> so if I want to sort of indicate that someone is speaking to you telepathically, I'll turn on the, the echo sound or um, I can get really funky and do something like this. Yes, Robert and James, tell me Etc. Well, that was that was horrible. So you've got this, and I've got a player who has got the sound uses a soundboard on Discord to when they cast a, a spell that does psychic damage to just do the emotional damage like meme noise. <laughs> <laughs> I love that emotional damage. <laughs> Brilliant! Brilliant! I'm, I'm going to add that one to my soundboard. Emotional yep. damage. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So any, shout out to Luke. Any more news in James? Yeah, so there are still yet more classes to, to get to, yeah, so yeah, I can rattle through them real quickly. Uh, so Barbarian, uh, they have revealed Great. Wild Magic Barbarian. Um, nice. So I'm gonna, I'll skip the ones that have already been released. We'll just do the new ones. Um, okay. I realize we, we've got time. Um, Druid, so there's going to be Spores Druid, um, as oh, well as the yes. land and moon. So all your mush, all, all people who are big fans of mushrooms, Huge win for you. Uh, <laughs> Love a mushroom. Um, who doesn't? Uh, fight is sort of a, a, a boring reveal, but one that everyone sort of expected. They've said uh, that champion is going to be a, the subclass mm. that you're able to pick uh, on top of the go. battle master and the eldritch knight. But champions, you're like your most basic fighter fightery one, isn't it? It very much is. Yeah, I think I think battle master fighter is probably my second favorite class in the in the game. Just got like so all the little. Miller. I know, but I like all the little moves you can do in the trips and like. Yeah, no, no, it is. Dirty. It is actually a really well designed class. I've seen a lot of good battle master fighters. So shout out to Keith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, Ranger. They have revealed Gloomstalker. So the sneakiest of sneaky boys uh, being added in there. Um, so that's good, and especially for all the underdark roaming your mm. your bound to do i think that would be pretty useful there's there's got to be some because i know larian studios is taking some liberties with how it's designed as a video game rather than how it plays out in in tabletop 5e but mm -hmm. there's got to be some pullback on the gloomstalker because there's a feature for gloomstalker and i think it's relatively early on that they get this where they become invisible to creatures mm -hmm. that rely on dark vision to see them yeah. So anything, if you if you don't have an ambient light source and uh, you're fighting a monster with dark vision, which is I don't know, ninety five percent of the monster manual, um, <laughs> you're invisible. You're straight up invisible what? to them. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Gloomstalkers are such a popular ranger choice ever since they were released because oh, okay, of that cool. and umbral strikes and the fact that they get uh, they deal an extra die of damage in the first round of combat, and it's just all this other stuff that just keeps on going and going and going. It's so much. I'm yeah, sure. I imagine slightly balanced out. Yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. they've got control of the game. I imagine there's just a ton of ambient light sources in all the yeah. in all the areas. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have that. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, for the rogue uh, class, they have revealed the assassin is going to be the one they're adding oh, nice. on top of the arcane trickster and the thief. So 
you got your sneaky boy, your sneaky magic boy, and your sneaky killy guy. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, what, what most rogues end up doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorcerer, so wild magic and draconic bloodline sorcerers are already in there, and they've added storm sorcery. So all your piratey Ooh. types uh, and seafarers get their own little cool sorcerer. That's pretty cool. There. Yeah, yeah. Sick. I'm not super familiar with the storm sorcerer. I don't think I've ever had anyone play one yeah, in me one of my games. I, I love, so. yeah. love a lot of clerics, um, storm clerics, mm-hmm. but not. yeah, because of the channel divinity option where you can maximize your thunder or lightning damage. Yeah, that would yeah. do it. <laughs> it's it's that's brutal as well. That yeah. <laughs> really can be overpowered at points but it's yes. fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly is is Baldur's Gate 3 a single player game or multiplayer both both so you can have up to four people online multiplayer two couch co-op and you can play a single player as well so uh what i'm thinking of doing is uh is doing a stream for it and i don't know whether to do a couch co-op stream where i've got two people in the same room and we'll stream or whether i get four people online and we we go through Tales yeah. from the is Tables it, presents do, us do a role streaming say, it together. I was going to yeah. say, is it, is it cross-platform? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. The uh, good news keeps on coming. Look out. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the podcast becomes us just playing Baldur's Gate 3. Hello, everyone. Happy sounds. That's the end. It sounds like you can do it. And I think it'd be fun to do it as like a in-character stream. So you can either all make your own characters, but there's also oh, the pre-generated yes. characters that are in the game that you can choose from. The origin I will, character. I will, you have I will to try to be Lysel. You can't roleplay yeah. the entire time. Roleplay the entire the time, whole time. Yeah. No matter gaming. <laughs> Let None us whatsoever. pause. I need to take a piss. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. It'd be great. Um, yeah, that that sounds like super fun. So, Rob, what would you play? What what would your go to oh. class be? Oh well, this is a tricky one because I've played Monk for so many years. I basically played Roll. I played Roll Dark Fame for about ten years, maybe a little bit wow. less actually, maybe nine, maybe eight, eight or nine years. Um, That's good. So I've got Beats a bit of a loyalty towards towards monks, but. Yeah, so James won't play with you. Never mind, guys. We're not doing <laughs> no. this stream anymore. Can you, can you, can you, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Can you multicast in it at all, James? Uh, yeah, they, ha- they have just announced as well in the news that, yes, you can multicast. Yes! Right. Look at Go Larian, Jesus. I would probably be a cleric sorcerer. Mmm, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Are we doubling up on the storm, or are we... <laughs> oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Definitely. How about I you, would, I would play... Oh, Warlock, hands down. Oh, yeah. Just nice. yeah. so much fun. And not to mention, um, I don't much care for Will, which is the sort of pre-made... Um, what do they call it? Origin characters? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, I think it's origin. Um, yeah. of, all the, of all the different cool starting origin characters that you have as part of your party lizelle who is this gith yankee what is she a fighter i think mm-hmm. um yeah fighter um very cool backstory she's very intense and disapproves of me helping people but she's great with that and then you have the cleric who's shadow heart she's also very interesting um the awesome wizard gale who's my homeboy. I love, I love me some Gale. Astarian, who's a, uh, a vampire rogue or a vampire spawn rogue. And then you have Will. And Will is a warlock, um, but he, for some reason, he's just very unappealing to me. 
I think it's his bravado um, that he pretends to put on while he truly has this mysterious patron helping him out. I'm like, Ugh, never, no, I don't want him in my party. I'll be the warlock and replace Will and have all the other cool origin characters. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's fair. I think they've revealed a couple more origin characters as well. And oh, that's uh, true. I mean, yeah, a, yeah. A while ago, they revealed that Matt Mercer was doing the voice of Minsk. Um, yeah mm-hmm. which is really cool for that. um yeah, yeah. Right. and and boo because who doesn't love a, a big old giant space hamster yeah we're, we're here i'm surprised i'm surprised they didn't get jim cummings to come back the guy who originally did yeah uh minsk because he's a he's a huge name but of course so is matt mercer in the D yeah. world. so but i imagine they could have well, found matt um, any number of characters in here have been more than happy to jump in and yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure, yeah. Either way, he would have been in this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was never, I don't think anyone ever doubted that he was going to be involved in any small capacity. <laughs> That's yeah, right. true. Absolutely. Uh, so, what do we want to jump onto the warlock um, subclasses Ooh, that yeah. you could choose from? Then tell me. Um, yeah. So they've Hit just announced dreams. just announced Arch Fay, so you can have your Arch yes. Arch Fay yes. patron. Um, and then Love your that. standard fiend and great old one. And as a massive fan of mind flayers, I presume great old one is also something that's near and dear to your heart. Mm. I don't. I don't know. Uh, of the three, I um, I probably go Archfey now that that's been announced. That sounds super. That's, cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, although goo warlocks are great. Let's let's be real. I'm surprised they haven't teased hexblade. I would have really liked to see yeah. that. That that would be yeah. that would be cool and sort of I think a lot of people expect it to come at some point even if it's not yeah. on release they'll it'll, we'll it'll come yeah. yeah I really like the uh, the genie and I can't remember what it's uh, called the I think it's um, called the genie warlock is a genie warlock yeah I, I think I, so. love, I love the idea yeah, yeah. What's, that, what's, that, yeah. what's that one in um, <laughs> oh god it's a whole thing. <laughs> I think it, I think it must be it was it was a uh, yeah it was a more recent release it's not a player's so handbook it, one for in the way. Uh, it might be in Tasha's, yeah. In the way that warlocks can be very diverse, given how you can choose a different patron and a different—I um, forget exactly what it's called—but like the where you choose to be a pact of the tome warlock, you're yeah. pact. That's what it's called. Yeah, pact, or yeah. pact of the chain, or pact of the of the blade. Blade. Yeah. Um, the genie warlock even gets more subdivision because you can choose one of the four different kinds of typical genies. In D and D five E canon, which is the Jin, yeah, oh yeah, there you go, in Tasha's. Uh, you've got the Jin, you've got the Marut. If Marut, I'm not Marut, mis- Marut, yeah, the, the water one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Dao, which is the Earth one, yep. and yeah. then oh, the Afridi, which is the fire. Yeah, yeah, Afridi, which is the fire one. Yeah, so water is it? Yeah, Marut. That's the one, the toad-like one. Oh, they, they, yeah, they look horrible. <laughs> like so, a I, I'm a big fan of going the evil, fiery genies. That's um, yeah, yeah, the gen. I, I had a player who played a high-level Dao genie warlock, and it was just—he was impossible to stop. He was too powerful. <laughs> um, ser- sincerely doubt he'd be listening, but just in case, love you, Kyle. Um, He—that was—that was a good one. And genie warlocks get this fun thing where number one, they get a very high-level feature called limited wish, which you mm. can use. I think it's once every seven days if it's successful, and you can basically ask it to cast a spell of six level or lower, and it yeah. will just happen. 
Pl- yeah. Or you can perhaps describe alternate effects similar to how the wish spell is worded. Um, yeah. And if it works, then you can use it for seven days. If it doesn't work, you can try again after your next short rest or something like that <laughs> or next long rest. And then they also have this really cool thing where you get a genie's vessel. So that can be traditional, like a lamp or a bottle or a ring. Ring is obviously a popular yeah. choice. And you can disappear inside and you can even later on bring in some friends with you inside the vessel and it acts as like a safe place that nobody else can access where you can do a short rest and spend some hours there or if you want to infiltrate it's awesome because you get to hide out in your lamp or your ring while somebody else carries it for you into a fancy party that you're trying to get into or whatever it may be you know so yeah yeah, they're really cool it's a great it's a really really flavorful subclass um is it a little broken compared to some of the others a little maybe maybe but hey that's 5e for you and if I was going to play one, I'd want to be a Janassi. And there's no Janassi in the game yet. Really? Sad. No. I'm surprised That's... about that. I'd have I know, because they were they, like... Is it because if they did, they'd have to put those bird people in as well? Uh, I think, the yeah, they're not, they've not, they're <laughs> not put the Aracocra in. They'd have these players flying around everywhere. Be like, get down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 100% sure that's why they're not in there, by the way, the Aarakocra. They don't want anything yeah. that can fly. Like, no. Yeah. Same with well, the Azamar. probably just too game-breaking. Yeah. I think it would be. Like suddenly you're you, i think then, then you've got to like map all the like rooftops and make it so that you can get up to the rooftops of an entire mm-hmm. city yeah. and they've already mm-hmm. like painstakingly yeah. detailed so much of it imagine then being like okay now now i need you to animate all the chimneys so when people yeah. go up to them <laughs> they can yep. see every tiny little brick detail exactly um, exactly because if they didn't people would moan and that's stupid too <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. you can't please everyone unfortunately can you? exactly no. um yeah. so bards we're up to we're up to bards um yeah. and they as expected will have law bard which i think is sort of the one that most people choose anyway uh yeah. valor mm-hmm. and then swords so you can be a swash Ooh, nice. great great oh, but why do you think it is why do you think it is so many people always want to be a bard i've never found uh, them, i've never found them appealing but so many in so many games Pine. you always find so many people <laughs> want to be bards i think it's the it's the the opportunity to be the center of attention and be the talky person maybe yeah, people, right, yeah, yeah i think that i think that's it yeah yeah. You know, I've never, I've never played a bard. Everyone's no. like, you, JC, you never shut up. How have you never played a bard? And I was like, I, 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 I haven't. I haven't. I run the it's games. Too, I, it's I, too close. <laughs> I'm allowed to not shut up, so I don't need to play a bard. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think your assessment is correct, James. It's to be the center of attention. Or yeah. in some unfortunate cases, it's to be the stereotype of the, I want to sleep with everything that can, I can possibly try. And I have yes. the charisma score to do it as a bard. So mm. there's uh, right. always yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. But that gets old real quick, as most people have discovered. Yeah. Even, yeah. I, I do love the bardic inspiration, though. I really like that as a... Mm-hmm. That's great. Like the, they give Having it, a bard in your party is D6. awesome. Is it, it's D6, isn't it? They give out D6. To start, yeah, it to goes start up out as well. And yeah. It gets better as you level up. Yeah. Right so up. it goes all the way up to a D12 in later levels. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very useful. Um, and they, yeah, they are great to have in the party as a support. As long as, yeah, it's great. It's, like with anything, it's, if the person playing it is playing it as like a team player, then it it's super fun to have around oh, yeah. and oh, interact yeah. with. Yeah. It's an important part of being a player, isn't it? Being a team player. 
Yeah. Mm. There you I'm, go. Sure, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Well, we're up to we're up to the monk, Rob. So something you'll you'll be excited about. Um, yeah, tune out. Hooray! <laughs> I've tuned out. No. Um, so we've got the uh, way way of the open hand, a way yeah, of the nice. shadow, and nice. the way of the four elements are all cool. classes. Wow, so, they went there. Okay, all the, all the, okay. All the classic, all the classic uh, player book, player handbook ones, aren't they? That's all. Three, yes, they are. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, anyone who likes is a popular choice. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. The open hand too. Uh, and four elements yeah. is anyone who's really invested in Avatar, the last airbender and wants yeah, to go. go for that flavor. Yeah. Oh, shoot, more I than, might have to try that. More than happy to, yeah. Good fun. What okay, else? So, is there more? So we just we just got the cleric and the wizard to do. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So uh the wizard's got uh six new subclasses revealed for it, but they Jesus are sort Christ. of what you would expect. So uh <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's basically all the schools of magic. So they 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 right. only had the abjuration and the evocation um oh, you like mean, playable. This is the a wizard. Okay. This is a right. wizard, sorry, yeah. Uh yeah. yes, we'll do that at last. Uh we'll get rid of all the all the sub sub wizard classes so we can um, is, is necromancy in there? Uh, yes, it is. So we've got transmutation, illusion, necromancy, enchantment, divination, conjuration, and then the two that were there before, the abjuration and the evocation. Evocation. So we're at all eight schools of magic. No war yep. wizard, no, no other ones. Excuse my, <laughs> excuse my D&D ignorance here. Um, this is mm. probably a bit more advanced for some, probably for, well, some question for you guys. Can you multi-class as a wizard with different schools? No, not by traditional rules. I think there was something introduced in Tasha's in the very beginning of that book you had open a few minutes ago that does say optional rules for trying out different subclasses. But it's it, in traditional 5e, no, you weren't allowed to multi-class into a different subclass, which I always saw was as a bit yeah. of a, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer yeah. because... You'd love to be a wizard of mastering all the different types of schools, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. So you know, next, so next you want to like optimize as much as possible. You like change the, mm. change different things, add things here, add things there. Really yeah. make, make your character your own. You know, it might have been a balance yeah. issue to start with because there are some features that, if you stack them with subclasses, just become way too powerful. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are way weird combos. Um, but yeah, as of as of Tasha's, I believe we got some updated rules on that so people who want to try it probably can okay great yeah yeah so finally we're onto the onto the clerics yes. um last but not so, least um we had the they had uh, life and light with the two that were already in the game as well mm. as trickery um great. which is a cool little uh, when i played a trickery um cleric in a game with with my friends that's what's one the, of the what's few the, what's the trickery cleric cleric was a trickery um so uh, they essentially followed like a god of of wine and and partying, um, and <laughs> uh, were were like a small time con man who used to then like gather money for the for the temple and then throw big parties. Um, so I Di- I played Di- them. Dionysus, isn't it? Dionysus, Dionysus was, was the, that god, is it, the yeah. god of wine and party. Yeah. Yes, that's, that where this, that's where this comes from. That's where this comes from. <laughs> really? Did you guys the know? old flipping the bird. I'm basically giving give, throwing up the bird at the moment. So in Greek, sorry to interrupt you, James. In Greek culture, there's a reason why we wear rings on our hands, right? So your thumb, if you wear a ring on your thumb, it's because you were assigned to, you were like a, like a, aligned with Poseidon because he was the only god that didn't live on Mount Olympus. And that's why on the mount of your hand, that's why this is called the mount of your oh. hand. This actually refers to Mount yeah. Olympus. This one, the index finger is Zeus, which is where this comes from, okay. where you wag your finger at somebody. 
So, like soldiers. <laughs> really? Were, so, yes, soldiers will wear their rings. I've never heard fingers. this. This is so cool. Okay. Camps. Dionysus, yeah. the god of wine and partying, so very rebellious, very like fuck you, authority. Yeah, right. that's where that comes from. Hands um, the middle Af- finger. Aphrodite, the god, the goddess of uh, love. That's yeah. why it's our engagement ring finger. Uh-huh. Exactly, and then and then yeah. the, the little one is Ares, the god of war. But the interesting one about Aphrodite is this is this is basically my like date chat, which I used to do with girls when I used to go on dates. <laughs> but the interesting one with, with Aphrodite is it has a it's the only finger on your hand that has a vein that starts at the very top doesn't branch off and goes straight to your heart. So when you put a ring on that finger, you're making a direct connection to that person's heart. That's adorable. Rob, I would go on a date with you. That's- I would go on a second date with you. That's basically all I say. But after that, it's like, so, uh, <laughs> so do you like So you like want to get hitched? No, like, actually, yeah. <laughs> you like dogs? That's basically it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually more into the Norse gods, so. <laughs> sorry. 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 Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you're telling me all the all the posh uh, bankers who wear signet rings on their little finger, they're all they're all criminals. The God, all, the, all the gods <laughs> of war. Yeah. They're all. They're all. They're all under. They're all a little bit like you know. Yeah. The thing is, I, I wear. I normally. I normally wear a. Um, I've got an imperial imperial jade ring that I wear on this finger that I got when I was in Chiang Mai, um, which uh, I just wear on my pinky finger every now and again. Mm. But the rest mm. of my hands, I don't wear rings because I've got weird, long, spindly fingers that just don't seem to keep rings on them. <laughs> it's, weird. it's really weird. My knuckle, my middle finger is massive just here. So I put uh-huh. a ring on it. I've got to get it. Oh, I got, it's got to be big enough to get over, over that, that knuckle. Hump. And then right, once it gets right. over there, it's just like spinning loose around this bit. It tapers to a finer point at the base. Which... Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why does it do that? <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Oh. Okay, we're all, we're almost there. We're we're with the clerics. So yes, yeah. Tr- trickery, life, and light. We're already done, and they've added four more. So uh, knowledge. Uh, nature, tempest, and war clerics. So, Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. good. Good, good, not, good selections there. Yeah, we're not putting the cleric in the box. Yeah, they got life. Yeah, they had life. Which is, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. so you've got your standard yeah. Healy cleric, but then they've got um, yeah. So, is know. there a class that's been left out, or is that all the traditional classes? We're not not including artificer, obviously. I think apart from artificer, that is all the traditional classes. Wow, they're so included. We, we did it. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. I, I didn't think they were going to launch with all of that, but they did clearly. Just, just, just watch us having missed a real obvious one, and we'll get a load of messages. Yeah, and then everyone's like, like no, uh, actually, yeah, right. about this. <laughs> actually, yeah, morons. Yeah. <laughs> we have wait. We have Ranger. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We talked about Ranger. They've finally they have announced a load of feats that are coming in the game as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, nice. So I, I will rattle through these because it is a yeah, longish we list. We won't interrupt. Okay. Go for it, man. Okay. So uh, in alphabetical order, um, we've got the actor, uh, alert, charger, crossbow expert, dungeon mm. delver, durable, elemental adept. Heavy Armor Master, Lucky, which I think a lot of people are going to be happy about, uh, Mage Slayer, Medium Armor Master, Observant, Performer, Polearm Master, which, again, a lot of people super keen on. Um, I don't think I've ever played a game where someone hasn't taken Polearm Master. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resilient, Ritual Caster, uh, Savage Attacker, Sentinel, Sharpshooter, Spell Sniper, Tavern Brawler and Warcaster, which is another one where Ooh, people are, that one's good. are super happy about. Magic yeah. Initiate. I'm surprised. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Unless and these are just the 
Are these all the new them? ones, right? Yeah. No, oh, no, they think uh, so. The, yeah, they, these are all the ones that you can pick so far. So that's all the ones right, that are in the game. Right. That's, that's so, a yes. very healthy selection, though. That's yeah. really yeah, good. Awesome. I think um, the polearm, I can't believe they added yeah. both Polar Master and Sentinel. You know you're going to see mm. builds oh, that yeah. exploit both of those. Oof. And what that's you can pick. Be... <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, unless you, by the time you get to level 12, you'll have picked three of them. So. Well, right. unless you unless you boost your stats, but your stats, yeah, yeah. they don't do my optional rule of taking a feat at first level. Sadly not. And they've uh, got a load cool. of new spells coming as well. I'm sure. Yeah, you don't have to rattle so, through those. That's all, probably so many, this, right? A load of different smites, like stuff like Wall of Thorns. Ice knife is now in there. Uh, oh, Hero's Feast is in, um, which is cool. I, I don't. Re- it's not a combat spell in any way. It'll just be. It's not in, be- in between. In between uh, fights, I'll summon yeah, a big old feast it's table. It's extra HP. It's mm. advantage on certain saves and things like that. Yeah, that's really good. I wonder if the clerics will be able to marry people like um, they do in the game. I've had a, <laughs> I've had a couple of players do that. Like, uh, yeah, come on, can we really? do a ceremony? We need yeah. the AC, we need the AC boost for immediately for, for the honeymoon as period. As long as we're within thirty oh, feet wow. of each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> my, um, my one of my friends actually in Plymouth, one of my oldest friends, his mum and dad are divorced, and they've been playing the same game of D and D for forty years. Wow. They, they meet wow. up. They meet up every every couple of months to play the same game. And yet they've been divorced for like three or four years or something ridiculous. Wow. Like that. Yeah, they always play. Wow. Yeah. The game came first. That's really good. Yeah. Interesting. Really cool. Yeah. They don't talk to each um, other outside of the game. That's that's it. They right. I mean, when it's a campaign that long, you have to make some sacrifices, right? (laughs) Um, I want to be, by the way, real quick, stand corrected. So I actually went to Tasha's and I looked it up. Um, No, Tasha's new rules doesn't let you multi-class separate subclasses. What it does do is it adds an option for changing out your subclass if you want. Okay. Like switching okay. a sub- subclass, but it does not make you or does not let you pick both. So that is still not a thing you can do mm. raw in 5e. Okay. Yeah. I imagine it will stay That's that it. way. Raw. <laughs> they're they're yeah. doing a yeah. whole load of new um, Unearthed Arcana for testing the 1D&D uh, stuff now. I think they've... Yeah, um, they've been releasing some more. Mm-hmm. They're, they're working on the Bard. They've, I think they've released, what was it, six new play tests um that you can get on D beyond to have a have a crack with and i think nice. they've uh that was one we talked about earlier so yeah bard cleric druid monk and paladin ranger and rogue uh, have all been reworked mm. in some way um and i've not had a chance to go ahead and look at them all um, yeah, yet but i'll report back when i have that i think people are happy with some of them and not so happy with the others but mm. they, i mean they seem to be listening there were some changes made to one of the other one of the one of the classes right. before that they yeah. pulled back on because everyone kicked off and said it was stupid and it was i can't remember what it was but it was stupid <laughs> was it? mm. it's funny isn't it they, they need to obviously just release the game really and just get everyone playing it and then they'll get all the feedback that they need to start to start building it like i i'm uh i'm quite an avid uh flight simulator game i, lo- I love playing microsoft flight simulator which is like <laughs> probably like the furthest thing from D you could probably get <laughs> That's, right. uh, yeah but uh it's brilliant the game the game itself they are constantly updating it and they're constantly listening to their community and they're constantly changing things and adding things and it's just and it's just brilliant they take stuff away that they think is like like just pointless it's just mm. yeah they really listen to the community which is great mm. so hopefully yeah that's rare hopefully. and that's good 
Yeah, yeah. hopefully Apparently, those get the, the gate guys will know that you know the D and D community is one you need to listen to, not ignore. Exactly. Yeah. Ever. I think yeah. So <laughs> it looks like uh, the new monk um, playtest has has got more key. So what we were talking about earlier, where they were a, a little key star didn't have didn't have enough. That seems to have been improved. Right. Um, slightly uh, it doesn't appear to have been a massive change but uh, you know it's a move in the right direction apparently um, awesome nice cool. yeah. Great. that's that all about the skating yeah that's that is all the news i had for the Fabby week Dabby it was a lot <laughs> yeah it was a, talking it, through it, so, yeah, yeah. it's good cool and Very so excited. what about what about our community then jc what have you got what updates have you got from us Ooh, okay so we got a couple of fun submissions from our roll dark dms over things that um players have done i'm actually going to start with jack price's game from last week um a fun story from keepers of chaos on a ship out to an uncharted island the party can see their deepest fears in a thick mist that rolls off the coast and it's all very serious and creepy until samurai crabs attacked the boat and the party were so intent on getting a hold of the crab's katanas that no one thought to keep an eye on the damn Morkoth circling the ship. For those of you who don't Morkoth. know what a Morkoth is, it's like a um, it's it's like a mini kraken that hoards wealth on its back and causes all kinds of strange illusions in in the area that it lives. Oh, they're great, they're um, great, great monsters. They're so much fun. I've I've had really a blast really cool. playing a couple especially, of them. Especially players have no idea what they are. I, I exactly. That. I, I ran Everyone's that like, game. oh, we're clearly in a temple with a kraken. Blah 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 blah, and then a Morkoth comes out and they're like what the heck is that <laughs> um yeah one lightning bolt later and their priorities rapidly changed Orak, our monk swung down from the crow's nest and delivered some heavy damage and we turned its tentacle suckers into suction gloves for climbing buildings that tracks that's creative we eventually washed up on the island and ventured into the body of a beached kraken we'll be exploring the insides of the kraken next time uh, and things are going to get very weird. Yeah, well, <laughs> apparently they haven't gotten weird enough already. They're about to get weirder. So thank yeah, you, right. Jack Price, for that submission. Pretty Jack's, cool. Love- Jack's game at uh, Rodok Fest was great. He had them all in a chocolate factory. And what? Do, 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 do you remember? <laughs> I do you remember, did not know this. Remember, That's amazing. I didn't know, th- I didn't know yeah. this either, though. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had them all in a chocolate factory, and they were, like, running around trying to, like, do stuff but he's he's very good with chaotic stuff jack he's really really did, good. He's actually, did he have actual chocolate because if he did and i was not aware of this then i'm devastated well, <laughs> absolutely devastated i definitely didn't see any chocolate so okay. uh in case you're interested in uh roll dark fest 3 we're gonna have chocolate at that one whenever <laughs> it's announced <laughs> um and um, then what else we got we got oh here's a cool one from face um aka callum fraser so um this one came to us in audio form so i'm going to do my best to paraphrase um but effectively they uh faces party was in combat with this blue dragon a powerful blue dragon and the party being pretty epic and high level cast a wall of force around this blue dragon to sort of trap it in the air and bought the party some time to deal with the blue dragon's minions on the ground and everywhere else and the blue dragon basically was ineffective for the majority of combat and so because it lasts well of force lasts for so long the party then had some time to sort of think about how they wanted to handle uh, attacking the dragon while it was still trapped and so they decided to take their orc player 
who, by the way, orcs come with a racial feature that uh, is called powerful build, which means they count as one size larger for the purposes of carrying and lifting and dragging things. Um, and so they placed the orc he was airlifted up by his flying companions to the top of this wall of force literally above the blue dragon that was still trapped there and then someone cast enlarge reduce on the orc so that he was even larger and thus would count as even one size larger and as soon as the wall of force dropped both the dragon and the orc plummeted down to the ground together and in the process the orc grappled the dragon because he was large enough to do this at this point um grappled the dragon pinned him down smashed down onto the ground the two of them grappling in the dirt and the party went ham and lo and behold the blue dragon never got an effective turn never did anything in that entire combat the party handled it in the most creative diverse way possible and face face would have hated that (laughs) <laughs> it was definitely a note of cynicism in his audio submission. Um, I have I've been their face. I have had many boss and boss encounters where they've barely gotten to do anything or you know, had this really cool setup, really cool abilities, and then the party just took them by surprise and just went absolute murder hobo on them and they got to do nothing. My famous two examples are uh, one from my Feywild campaign where I had uh, my party was exploring a, an underground sect of Fomorians. If you can, if you don't know what Fomorians are, they're these deformed giants that live in the Feywild and they're typically evil. Their history is really cool. Basically, they were once beautiful and powerful in magic, but they got stripped of all of that because of their greediness and their penchant for war. Um, and so now they live underground. They're trying to reclaim their vast empire. And I had one of them down uh, protecting a gem and sort of using it to siphon a lot of strange magical power into him. So he had really cool abilities. He was kind of a semi-cyborg Fomorian. He had a Bane-like breathing mask with tubes coming out of it and this awesome uh you know, lightning like pole and my players saw him from a distance, which was always the plan. And I was like, okay, you know, they're going to maybe get a surprise round off or something if they're pretty stealthy, but then someone hasted my barbarian (laughs) and it was one round, one round only. And that Fomorian went from like 175 HP to zero in at like level three or four or something ridiculous like that. And it was, it was curtains for that Fomorian guy. So (laughs) it was, I never got to use any of those cool abilities that he had or anything of the sort. Um, But the party really remembered that. And that was, Mm. you know, they, they had a blast. They'll always talk about that moment. So that's why it stuck in my mind because they always refer back to it as like a really cool epic thing they did. So that's fine. I can live with it. And the second time this happened was my, um, my mind flyer campaign, which I've talked about a, a little bit. Um, they, the party was fighting an archmage or an archmage, depending mm-hmm. on your pronunciation. And he, he gave the party a little bit of a run for their money. So it was a pretty epic fight, but his death was hilarious. Uh, he had cast fly on himself and he was concentrating on that. And someone used dispel magic 
on the archmage as he was 40 feet above the ground and dispelled fly and he came plummeting down to his death and took like 46 bludgeoning damage and died from that and i was like great this huge epic boss flinging spells left and right connected with the mind flares in this dark way died from 46 blushing again <laughs> ridiculous so anyway that's um some of the tales from the tabletops uh in the roll dark community yeah cool Good special stuff. thanks to uh face and jack price for submitting we spoke a little bit about this as we were kind of talking about the news and some other bits and bobs there about what we're going to be talking about now so Players often optimize their character, as we know. They optimize their mm. character to make their characters super strong and super sort of interesting to play from their perspective. We often notice that when when players do this, they they tend to lose um, sort of like interest in their character. Their characters can become quite flat and boring if they're sort of ultra powered. I suppose the way that I've kind of experienced this is whenever I've gotten quite frustrated with a game and I put on God mode, and I'll play it and I'll be like, yeah, great, I'm a god. And I'll play it for about five or ten minutes and I'll just be like, oh, now I'm bored of it. And I want to turn mm-hmm. it off. Yep, and you're too powerful. So yeah. so, yeah, so I think that when you optimize, because obviously you know, players often focus on optimizing their characters, they, they fall a little bit short on themselves in the sense that they could actually get a lot more from sort of making their characters more flawed or thinking about their characters in different ways. Mm-hmm. And almost to the point where they're actually thinking about themselves as players and how they can actually optimize themselves in a game. So, so James, what's your sort of experience with, with this? Well, you have a lot of, of players who are meta, meta gamery, who like to uh, optimize their character sort of for any challenge. Um, and I see the, the appeal of, of that to a certain degree. Uh, and there's like a, n- a number of ways it can happen is if you're playing a character with low intelligence, um, uh, but you're quite an intelligent person, um, you're going to have thoughts and ideas that probably your character wouldn't have. Um, mm, yeah, right. and it's a lot, and I think that's a lot harder than, than playing a character who's got a higher intelligence than you. Cause sure. You're not going to be this genius wizard who can memorize hundreds of spells or whatever, but that's it, easier to role play that than it is to sort of try and hold yourself back i feel because you want to be like you're playing a cooperative game you want to be helpful you want to like sort of give everything you can but it takes a little bit of time to realize that actually it's more fun to let people make mistakes not do everything perfectly optimized uh, find the best and quickest solution um because like mistakes are what drives character growth essentially yeah like um and finding that oh this this mistake i've made it's it's got these unknowable sort of knock-on effects that create new and interesting stories not just for you but for the other characters at the table as well uh Hmm. as long as what you're doing isn't one of those things where like oh it's what my character would do and you're and you're being a dick to your other players um it is it's a situation where it's what my character would do the people around the table are like yeah it is what your character would do and while it's going to have a negative effect on the party i understand that one you're not doing it deliberately to be to be difficult (laughs) Uh, and Mm. two i think it's going to be funny or fun or will create uh, an interesting emotional moment um that will then sort of drive the story further and we can piggyback on that and as long as like everyone's getting those moments um and you can use it to sort of 
one's one player's um, actions can then be used to drive another player's reaction that then drives the story mm. further that has a knock-on mm. effect. You can really use it to sort of create this lovely through line between all the players characters and sort of connect them in a way that's that's really fun and interesting and sort yeah. of binds them together um better absolutely and do you find that when you have a party that are they've built their characters for the first time they come together do you find that often there are sort of ones that have sort of multi-max is it multi-max is that what you call it multi-max they've mini-maxed and then you've got others that totally haven't do they tend to get frustrated with each other or do you find is there any kind of like friction there at all i think i've been quite lucky where i've not encountered that but you do read horror stories there's that there's an entire um subreddit called rpg horror stories where you see uh oh, people really? who, <laughs> yeah oh, yeah one episode we'll draw some we'll draw some stuff in there we like we can sort of read them out and be like well here's <laughs> our advice as professional stories. professional dms mm. yeah uh, <laughs> oh great uh, we'll have to check that out rpg horror uh, stories yeah so we'll but credit, like we'll credit, we'll credit everyone that obviously that we read out of, of course, course. Yes, of course yeah yeah. Of course, of course. yeah yeah so yeah there, there are there are times where players are like like to min max um but for the most part i've not seen and i know it does happen but i've not seen in my games where they sort of try and force other people i've had players go to them and ask for help but as long as they're the ones that have initiated it that's fine and it's usually it's not even like i want to be the best at this or I want to be the most powerful like how do I make it so I'm impossible to hit or whatever um because usually that's something that I do to my players by accident myself I made the mistake mm. of um giving uh doing a homebrew um adamantine plate of plus three and I never hit that player <laughs> for, <laughs> for the rest of the for the rest yeah. of that campaign so <laughs> 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 and, I, and, if, and if I did, it had to be a crit, and then it didn't count as a crit because they were already out of my time. Plays of <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I guess I got a, a question for both of you. Then, do you find that mini maxing players they care less about the story? Maybe it's to, to get through as much of the story as possible. They're like, right, yeah, okay. I want to. This is a challenge. Mm. I want to beat the challenge. I want to find out. I want to get to the next plot point. I want to get to the next cutscene because yeah. min maxes. I found don't tend i mean they can be uh, but they don't tend to be the ones who are like well i get into a, a slight conversation with someone there's a little bit of friction uh we kill them they're not murder they're not the murder hobo uh players that you encounter necessarily um so it's sort of optimized and if they're the and i, I do think they tend to sometimes allow other players to sort of shine because if if they're self-aware enough to be like okay well i'm I'm playing this ridiculous barbarian who's dealing super damage, but we're in a situation which needs diplomacy. They will step aside and be like, well, the most optimal path here, let the bard do the talking, and they'll step aside right. and let the bard do the talking. Now, as long as they're oh, not chiming in with like, oh, you should you should say this and say this, yeah. then that's that's great. And it sort of does, and they do allow other people to have their their moments with what they're good at. Um, and yeah, you know, let the rogue, let the rogue go off and be sneaky and do, do their thing. Um, so you do yeah. find that sometimes players do enable other players and often that's the, that's the mini max that's doing that or. Yeah. I mean, you, said, you, yeah? you see, you see it, you see it with people who aren't, who don't min max as well. Um, who sort of are just aware that that's what, what is going on right now is either not related backstory wise to my character is focused on someone else. So they get to make this decision or, Oh, I'm not. I'm not spec for this. Um, yeah. Although sometimes it's a great moment where you're like, oh, actually the, the bard's off doing this one thing with this other person. 
you've you've one of you one of the rest of you has got to pick this conversation up and it's like okay well none of us are really high charisma characters so we're gonna just quickly have a whip round who's probably the best for this (laughs) and they will make an attempt uh as they then immediately you know stumble face first into the lap of the person they're trying to talk to (laughs) with a horrible horrible role it's interesting, isn't it? Because what, because I mean, when I first came to Dungeons and Dragons, I, I realized very sort of quickly that I was coming from a very competitive sport background mm-hmm. into a game that was like, you know, well, not a sport background necessarily, but like, you know, board games and other sort of things that I've played in the past is all very much competitive. There's a winner, there's mm-hmm. one winner and that's the end of it. You know, I used to play chess quite regularly and that's like, you know, I wanted to win, I wanted to win. And then suddenly I'm sat down in D&D and, and I, remember think, I, remember, I remember thinking, I remember always thinking, how do you win this game? <laughs> I like to get myself out of that frame, out of that frame of mind to go, oh, I see we're, we're a team. And we're actually working together and we all have individual strengths just as you do in life. And it's a really lovely, it was a really, it was a really lovely realization that I had when I was playing it. I was like, this game's great. It's like, it really brings people together. Yeah. Really wonderful. So what's your experience of that, JC? How, how, how do you say you've kind of... Well... Yeah, it's interesting. I I feel like I've seen a little bit of everything in terms of min-maxers and people who do care about the story, but people who don't really care about the story and really only want their character to shine. I'm kind of not to say I've seen it all, but um, I, I feel like I've gotten a lot of players from both ends of the spectrum. What I do find, though, is that Everybody comes to the table to play D&D for a different reason. One of the first questions I ask new players or players joining an existing campaign or or adventure is, what are you hoping to get out of this experience? And it's Mm -hmm. a pretty broad question. Sometimes I help people narrow it down. Most of the time, you know, people are like, oh, I'm just looking for a good time, get to meet some friends, play a game. But um, I will often push those people to say, okay, but especially those who have experience with D&D, I'll say, what it would if this is say a year-long campaign what is your hope are you more of a story-based player in other words you enjoy the role play and you enjoy the theme and you want to figure out what's going on are you more of a number cruncher do you like to you know do big bouts of damage and feel heroic and feel epic and slay hordes of goblins at once or um are you more of a you know, of a talker and your team player, you want to really get to know the other members of your team. You want to carve a name out for yourself and your party in this world, um, et cetera, right? There's a million different ways to play. And I, I, can, I can unequivocally or inequivocally say I've never had a party of two people with the same objective. Not really. That's right. Never yeah, people will share similar goals, but ultimately everyone is looking for a pretty unique experience. And it really falls on, on in the lap and on the shoulders of your GM or DM to find a way to make that work for everybody. And like you said earlier, Rob, you can't please everyone 100%, um, but you can certainly try. Um, <laughs> and you can really work hard on trying to pick out the common elements and making sure everybody gets a moment in the spotlight for that and and feels like they have a blend of what they're looking for plus other things this sometimes leads to conflicts you know and part of the, the the dark side of being a dm sometimes is that you have to be an arbiter for 
um, people that don't get along and or or do get along in real life, but simply don't like how one character plays uh, and feel like, you know, oh, I'm not really enjoying this part of the story because I feel like it's very, you know, this person's taking up a lot of time or I'm just not enjoying their play style. With friends, if you're running a table for just your friends, that's a little less common because friends, you know, tend to be able to resolve those issues. But it's a real thing. It, this does crop up. Not, I wouldn't say frequently, but it does crop up. So, I don't know. I think, I think the advice of trying to, trying to be a better player, mm-hmm. min-max yourself as a player rather than min-maxing yourself as a character. Um, is honestly refreshing advice because Mm. you have to learn to take a step outside of yourself and learn to play nice at the sandbox, you know, learn to play with the other kids at the playground sometimes. Mm. And it, it helps overall, not just with everyone else's experience and making sure everyone's having a good time, but also yours. Like if you find other aspects to enjoy of the game, then D and D has done that for you. And that's winning D and D when, you're you're discovering new things you like about the game i think um my my example for this was actually me as a player when i started getting back into DD in in fifth edition because i had played 3.5 a little bit towards the tail end and then i played some in 4e um but with with the start of 5e i was in this wonderful campaign group of friends we played for 13 months and we got to the end of the campaign it was a pre-written campaign um and at one point in that campaign, I was very much invested in the role play experience of it because um, we were all actors. We knew each other from, you know, a renaissance fair or whatever it was. And someone said, oh, yeah, but, you know, JC, your character doesn't really matter all that much because they're not just they're just not dealing enough damage. They're not doing enough DPS. <laughs> and right. that hit a node in my brain so hard that I instantly was like, I need to revise everything. I need to focus on the build. I need to dump my old subclass and you know pray to my DM that he can help me flavor a different change of subclass. I'm going to start writing notes on how I can have higher AC so I'm not hit or do more attacks per turn. That was when I discovered pole master. Um, <laughs> as we were talking about earlier. Um, and yes, here's, here's the difference though. Like, yes, I suddenly became very number crunchy and very focused on that. It didn't truly affect the role play as much. I still sort of kept that element, but it helped me discover a side of D and D that I hadn't previously been super focused on. And sure, people like hitting and seeing big numbers. That's kind of a universal thing. But this was also like, a, oh, I now feel like I can do so much more mm-hmm. and progress the story the way James was saying, right? Like now I can, I don't have to cower behind the tank. I can swoop down on a griffin and cast Kona cold and freeze six people on a ship deck. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. So anyway, long, long way to say... It's good advice. Definitely look into it, folks. Folks at home, <laughs> level yourselves yeah, up as players. Yeah. So, um, James, would you say then, if you were to have the perfect party of players, would it be made up of um, what? What would you? What would you kind of want your players to be in that group? Would you want like a like one player to take on the role of a certain type of person instead, like say for example, someone who is um, who enables the other players, perhaps gives them their moments to shine? What would you? What would you suggest? 
Yeah, I think it's important for everyone to sort of allow allow players like other players their their moments to shine. But yeah, if you've got one person, especially who's sort of checking on that, making sure the other players are getting their chance, and if there is a, like a third player that's sort of um, taking up a lot of the time, is talking over people and stuff like that, like it's it's good if another player sort of can encourage what rather than. And if it gets to if it gets very bad, then it's up to the DM to address the. Hey, sure. you're talking over people a lot. But if um, if if it's something that like it's not like an intentional thing, um, but you can have a player say, uh, "Hey, why don't you, and, and address another one of the players?" Say, "Hey, why don't mm-hmm. why doesn't Chris, why doesn't Chris uh, have a go at this? Why don't you or whatever the character's name is? If they can do it in character, even better. But um, yeah, right. even if not, <laughs> yeah." Uh, why don't we like let them try doing it this way and, and things like that um for sure i feel like there's also depending on your table and your and your party there are some players that do actively prefer to take a back seat and mm-hmm. let the action sort of play out they're shyer in real life or but but that's what they like about the experience right they like and, and i often try to involve them and you know I'll, if i'm controlling an npc i'll turn to that character and be like so what do you think? Yeah. You've been quiet this whole time or whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, they'll they'll respond. They'll, they'll never shy out about that, or at least not yet. Um, but they prefer for other people to sort of take the spotlight more often. And sometimes that's okay. You know, that's how you want to play your character, how you want to play the game. That's there, There's nothing wrong with that. Sounds a bit like my relationship, to be honest. So I'm always like, yeah. it's like, it's like Charlotte does the talking. I just kind of like pay for everything. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You finished. nod. You, you give a thumbs up. You agree. Exactly. She, makes yeah. decisions, she talks to the people. I go. Yep. Okay. Great. Yep. And she's, like, she's like. She's like. Oh, Rob, you're so shy. I'm like. Yeah. I'm shy. I'm shy. It's, I actually just don't want to talk to anyone. It's, it's, it's the truth. Truth. Yeah. Truly an introvert. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Cool. So, any anything anything more you want to add on that onto that, James, at all? No. I mean, I don't. And I don't think that it's necessary to have like a balanced party when it comes to like what classes and things people are playing for for Mm. you to be able to um sort of balance the time spread around um players like no one needs to have a specialization um for for, like to get their chance to shine because backstory should do a lot of heavy lifting there Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but just also like common courtesy like yeah if pe- people are there to play a game, they want to be involved at some level. And yeah, like JC says, there could be players who are there quiet, are happy to sit in the background. Um, so as long as you're checking in with them, making sure that they are still happy with what's going on. That's yeah. that's all you as a DM can do. Um, but yeah, if the other players are, are doing it as well and sort of invested in the enjoyment of everyone else at that table, you're going to have a nicer experience. Um, totally. And also you're going to f- feel better about the people you're playing the game with then you'll build better relationships yeah. with them like yeah. so many of the and i imagine it's the same for you guys but so many of the players that i've had as a as a roll dark dm are now just friends that i, I have i still run games for them but right. um like i'll see them in person i'm one of my, one yeah. of my players who lives across the country just happens to be in the area for work this week so he's dropping by nice. we're, having, we're having dinner so <laughs> yeah oh, it's lovely, lovely. Nice. Yeah, it just goes to show, doesn't it? Really, it's it is fantastic for that, and it's it's nice as well when you get a group of players that that understand that you know even as even as professional dungeon masters, yeah, fine, you know they're paying you to to build this world and to run this game for you, 
it's often really wonderful when they try and take the pressure off you a little bit. And, you know, obviously when you give them that agency and you let them kind of, in a way, sort of take the story and run with it and go with it. Oh, yeah. It's quite nice to just sit back as a DM and just watch them bring the story to life. It's my favorite part. Yeah. Do you have experience with that, JC? Oh my gosh. My favorite thing to watch is, is my, or my favorite thing to do. I know I'm doing a good job when I get to sit back and not talk much. Right. Um, I love to give my players a scenario where I don't have to narrate them through it. And they suddenly get into a very deep conversation about what they want to do next or, or what they have to tackle or what their plan is. Um, it happens quite a fair bit with some of my games, some more than others, and will depend on how long a party has been together and how comfortable they are for sure. Right with as mm. as people in real life um but it is I, I i don't know if if james if you feel this way too but like i always love this like the, the longer i get to sit back and just observe or maybe take notes but be quiet and let them do yeah. all the talking and planning i would love to see more of that please mm. take reins more yes we love to narrate we're storytellers we love to Sometimes we have to keep the, the, you know, put, put us back on track as a party, but the more we get to chill for a little bit, that's great. Love yeah. that aspect. Yeah. Plus it, is, it buys you some a... extra prep time in the middle of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. I can quickly like open some tabs and look up stuff. You got to make sure you keep notes as a DM. Often when I've, I've found myself, when I've done that, when I've given so much agency to the players in terms of the story and they just go off on it. And I'm like, great, great. And I'm just so in, I'm just so into what they're doing. I'm yep. not taking notes. And then the next session, they're like, so Rob, uh, what happened to that? I remember Kraken? when we asked I'm for like, this. Uh, what Kraken? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I have to give a shout out in that case, since we're bringing it up to the Wayfinders, which is my teen campaign on Saturdays. And I know they're listening because they've already started quoting things back at me. Oh, really? at the podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Um, but they're, they're very much a perfect example of letting the campaign write itself because Sure, I have the skeletal framework of a campaign and, you know, that's and in general, I, I did have many, many details fleshed out. I had a very written out story, but their involvement, their creativity, their randomness and their absolute unstoppable chaos um, have led to the majority of the past three years of us running this campaign together. Um, they dictate a lot of what goes on, some more than others, some are more reactive, but um they they knew for instance at the end of the mind flare arc of our campaign yes it was another mind flare campaign don't don't at me um they <laughs> loves mind flares. I, I will i will challenge myself for the next podcast or, or one one episode not of our to podcast and not mention mind flares period <laughs> but until such Good time luck. Uh, i know but when they they knew when that story ended what they wanted to do they were already sending me you know, discord messages and emails super long about their plans to go kill God. <laughs> so kill God. They're like, well, we, yeah, because they decided in, because we're playing in a forgotten realm setting and they decided that in the canon of the forgotten realms, um, Lord AO, who's sort of the over God, you almost never hear about him because he has deep, deep lore. Um, okay. he basically is like the over God. He tells all the other gods what to do and gives them their portfolios and whatnot. And they decided that this, through many for many reasons his strict regimenting um isn't good for the planet and for society in general they're like we have an idea to kill him replace him and replace the whole way of how things happen don't worry 
it'll be in service of everyone. It wasn't even an evil thing. They didn't want to go kill God for an evil purpose. They just want a better world. And they decided that that would be better <laughs> without this AO, this over God in it. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, how do I make that into us? How, how, what do you do? Do you stat a God? You know, um, so we're not doing that right now. We've, we've moved on to a different path, but that's an example of the many, many, many instances Fantastic. where they've just allowed crazy things to happen. We literally had a whole arc of our campaign called Reality Break because they decided to very they decided to traverse into the multiverse and do something that they really shouldn't have done and that caused realities across the multiverse to start shattering apart until theirs was like the prime reality and then they had to go and try and save it and it was they they had to oh it was ridiculous okay anyway yeah no you're, you're totally right listening to players just come up and formulate plans and sort of especially mm. discussing things that are morality based is mm-hmm. so much fun as a dm because you've put them in this scenario and they're thinking so much about it. like i've i've done my job here i had my players who were as part of the um keys to the golden vault they were robbing a casino uh, and they managed to kidnap one of the um one of the guards uh, so i i didn't expect that to happen so i had a very quick come with like a, a lovely family backstory for him uh <laughs> and, and his family and they were like so they locked you him in a basement from his child in his pockets yeah exactly <laughs> standard fare um so yeah they were debating like well we've kidnapped him now if we if we let him go we could tell the owner of the casino that we, we're gonna come back and we're robbing him so you know uh, he also he's seen all he's seen all our faces um like well we could we could murder him and and bury him like we could terrify him into uh into making sure that he doesn't say a word because he's so incredibly scared of us Uh, or you know we could just we could hope for the best hope that his employer was a bit of a bastard and um he's not willing to give us up so um they went for the middle option which uh in the end they they made him dig his own grave and then they let him go (laughs) oh oh, okay (laughs) I'd recruit him, a man on the Ooh. inside, man on the inside of the casino. Why didn't they recruit him? Uh, well, in the first heist, they they um they got a waiter called Jimmy fired um for poisoning the canapes at this museum gala. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, he, oh, obviously, Jimmy didn't do anything wrong. Um, of but course, but that was they put it on him. Right. <laughs> they put it on him. Uh, so they. <laughs> what happened is that in the next session i had a new player join uh and they were told about jimmy and they were like i'm playing jimmy and he got fired from his job um and he has now come back uh and he needed to make money desperately so he's taken this job with the underworld to (laughs) to help help you guys he turns up turns up at the inn to meet his his the crew that he's working with and he's he gets there and it's these people that got him fired he's like you bastards <laughs> there's a really there's a really uh, fun dynamic um uh, yes yeah. who's, yeah. who's playing jimmy uh so jimmy uh, is a guy called john um <laughs> and yeah excellent shout out excellent. to john shout out to yeah. john well done oh, man amazing great awesome well um thank you so much for uh for yet another podcast guys yeah another one in the bag another one in the bag we'll have an hour and a half crikey well hopefully it won't be an hour and a half we'll edit it down maybe we'll see (laughs) and that's without a guest as well uh yeah i guess crikey 
Yeah, yeah. That's true. We went on and on about that. Wait yeah, till the, the game comes out. And we're like, oh, this we'll is just on for weeks because we'll just be so, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. deep in yeah, that game. Probably, I'm not going to do the podcast this week. I'm playing Mars Game Pro. Sorry. Let me summarize the past 40 hours of game I've played. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, re- I really like I really like the RPG horror stories thing you mentioned, James, about um on the Reddit. I think we should definitely yes. some of That's those. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Call and then we should encourage them, them, them one the one, one every week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then we should encourage our listeners to upvote the one that we pick. Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we can yeah, put a choice in, like which one do you want us to address <laughs> and yeah, try right. and yeah. try and right. fix. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of them will just be, oh God, leave, leave the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Or talk, right? Like that's going to yeah. be our primary advice. Yeah. Communicate with your DM. Don't yeah. <laughs> or leave. But there, there might be some um, like yeah. weird in character ones that might be interesting. But yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to see what we got. So, so yeah. thank you to both my co-hosts James and JC. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, follow, and download. So until next week, dear listeners, cherish every friendship forged, savor the stories you've shared and let the magic of the tabletop guide you on your own extraordinary quests. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Good night.